Thanks for tuning in. I'm Shelby. I'm Renee. And you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. Welcome back, you beautiful burritos, on another Wicked Wednesday, hitting you with another Galentine's Day Slay Special. Today, we are covering probably one of the most popular cases that I grew up hearing about, the case of Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. So if you never heard of it, we're going to be saying the word dick a lot of times today, <laughs> talking about penises, phalluses. Throw them out fucking windows. Pee-pees. So don't, don't be offended if I talk about pee-pees today, okay? So hold on to your... Pee-pees. Your pee-pees <laughs> tight. So yeah, we're not fucking around today. We're nope. just gonna grab the dick by the horns. We're about to go balls deep. <laughs> balls. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I'm so proud. Okay. On June 23rd of 1993, in Manassas, Virginia, the home of couple Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. John had a couple of drinks that night and then went off to bed. After her husband went to bed, Lorena walks into the kitchen for a glass of water. When she grabs an eight-inch carving knife, returns to the bedroom, and proceeds to cut off her husband's dick. Oh boy. Taking her newly removed appendage with her, she had some trouble driving single-handed, so she tossed it out the window. Oh. Lorena was nice enough to call the police to report what she had done and told them where they could start looking. The police went out on a manhood hunt <laughs> with the clock ticking to find it just in time before John Wayne Bobbitt had to be doomed to sit down to pee for the rest of his life. Jesus Christ. According to the police... This dick on the run was found off in the weeds on the side of the road. And it's kind of funny, like, when you watch interviews, like, with the police that were on the search for it. Because none of them wanted to touch it for some reason. And one of them had even, like, stepped on it accidentally when they were looking for it. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of funny when you watch the interviews surrounding the search for the manhood yeah um, oh boy <laughs> but with the help of being washed down with some antiseptic and packed in saline it was able to be reattached uh so like once they found it they were told to obviously put the appendage on ice right so they arrived to the hospital with this Big bite hot dog box. Oh god! With ice in it. They put his dick in a hot dog box. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Because it was like right outside of a Seven Eleven is where (laughs) they found it. And um, yeah. I wonder if they actually bought a hot dog to get to the hot dog (laughs) box, or if they're like, "Hey, can I have a hot dog box?" And then the cashier's like, "Why?" And he's like, "I gotta put. Uh, I gotta shove a dick in it. It's a dick in a box. The original dick in a box. OG dick in a box. There you go. Dick in a hot dog box." Yeah. (laughs) Bring it full circle. There we go. So after nine and a half hours on the operating table, apparently everything still worked 
to full capacity because John Wayne Bobbitt would later appear on porn following this whole entire incident. Oh, wow. And the names for, like, the pornos are just fucking prime. So, like, the first one that came out was John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's That's funny. That's punny. And it's kind of like the porno version of his and Lorena's story. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, there's an actress that's playing his wife. In- kind of, yeah. At the beginning, the snip that I saw, I did not watch this whole entire porno. Yeah. I wasn't that dedicated. You're not that committed. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But if you've seen it and you want to explain it to us in graphic detail, you know don't. what to do. <laughs> and, and that's don't apparently, and, and don't <laughs> unless you want to. I guess um, we'll make a whole entire episode of behind the porn. Be- Ooh, <laughs> instead of behind the horror, it's behind the porn. Uh, That'll get us a whole new audience. Okay, are you ready for the second one? Yes. Franken-penis. Oh my god. Wow, <laughs> they're really playing on this whole penis thing, huh? <laughs> Franken-penis. Yeah, so uh, it was brought to life, apparently. So, <laughs> just in case anybody was worried sitting there at home, holding your pride and glory, Ooh. it did work after. In the one interview, too, the surgeon or urologist that, like, reattached his penis, he said that he watched the porno just to see, like... To see his work in action? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it's uh, it's just kind of funny. That is like, hilarious. I know that this case in general, it's not going to be funny, guys. It's going to be kind of serious. But also... That's just kind of, that's kind of different. I, mm-hmm. It's not a case that you see every day. Honey, I swear, it's it's just because I'm trying to watch this guy that I worked on. <laughs> I'm not just watching this porno, I swear, honey. Oh, that's gosh. Funny. That's funny. But, um, yeah, so, Lorena, after this whole entire incident, tossing mm-hmm. out the window, calling the police, mm-hmm. she was still in shock, and she doesn't know why, but her body just kind of went on autopilot, and she drove to work because she didn't know where to drive to. Oh, wow. And she was still holding the bloody knife in her hand, mm. and, like, realizing what she had done, she had thrown the knife in the trash can at her work. Now, the question you might be asking yourself, what would lead Lorena to such extreme measures? There was countless shows and comedians joking and cashing in on the fact that it was the ultimate revenge on her husband. Like, John Wayne Bobbitt, he was on the Howard Stern show, like, multiple times. Unpopular opinion. I fucking... I don't like Howard Stern. I don't know if you do. I find him as, like... I think he's rude. He's interruptive. And, like, he said some pretty fucked up shit. He said... Howard Stern said, I don't even buy that he was raping her. And she's not that great looking. And, like, shitting on her looks. Like, it's really fucked up. Wow. And it's, like, it just makes you hate Howard Stern that much more. Yeah, I feel no any type of way about Howard Stern, but now I feel some type of way about Howard Stern. Like, granted, I mean, it was in the 90s when he said that, but still that doesn't uh, change my feelings Mm -hmm. on him. But there was other, like, comedians that talked about the whole entire, like, situation, too. Like, Whoopi Goldberg, Robin Williams. There was an SNL skit on it. So this case was definitely sensationalized everywhere. Because, I mean, it might be funny to some to joke that, yeah, just rip off your husband's dick, teach him a lesson type of thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it doesn't change the fact 
that you don't just wake up in the middle of the night and rip off your husband's dick for absolutely no reason at all. Right. So throughout both of their trials, it would reveal just how toxic their relationship had become. So I'm gonna do a little trip down memory lane throughout their whole entire relationship here. Paint the picture. All right. Lorena Leonor Gallo was born in Ecuador in 1969. She grew up in Venezuela with two younger siblings. For her quinceañera, she was given the gift of going to America, like, on a trip. And ever since then, she just wanted to live the American dream. Her family failed to emigrate to America. So in 1987, she got a student visa. And then whenever she came into the U.S. while she was in school, she worked as a nanny and at a nail salon. Hmm. Shortly after that, in 1988, when she was a student at a community college in Virginia, she met John, who was a U.S. Marine at the time, and they met at like a, uh, like a Navy ball. According to both of their statements, it was love at first sight. He said that she was beautiful in a gown and all dolled up. And I do have a direct quote from her okay. here on it. Okay. She said, I thought John was very handsome, blue eyes, a man in uniform, you know? He was almost like a symbol, a marine, fighting for the country. I believed in this beautiful country. I was swept off my feet. I wanted my American dream. Hmm. Very poetic. Seemingly, the attraction was there. Yeah. Seems nice so far. No red flags. No red flags. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, John actually was her first boyfriend, and they began dating, and they had to go on, like, supervised dates because her family had really strict, like, religious beliefs and courting and yeah, that type of stuff. That makes sense. They got married pretty quickly. Uh, they got married on June 18th of 1989. She was only 20 years old at the time, and John was 22. After only a few weeks of marriage, that honeymoon stage was over. And that's whenever all of the abuse had started. When they were in a car ride on the way home from a bar, she told him to slow down and was upset with his dangerous drunken driving. Valid. And he responded by beating her. Not valid. Inside the car. Not valid at all. Yikes. And um, there was another part of the trial. I'm not sure if this was a separate incident or if it was this specific incident, but one of the times that they were driving in a car, I think she was the one that was actually driving the vehicle, Mm -hmm. and his brother was in the car, and John Bobbitt, like, started beating the shit out of her in the car, and she looks in the rearview mirror, and, like, his brother is just, like, approving of him, like, beating the shit out of her. Like, it was, like, very fucked up. That's super fucked up. But I'm not sure if that was this specific incident or a separate one. Alright. So, just to give you an idea of... How fucked. How fucked that is. Like, granted, that is from her perspective, but you see separate interviews on like talk shows Mm. with his brothers and they're like oh if i was there i would have killed her excuse me yeah exactly what Mm -hmm. okay so very violent very scary yeah much yikes yeah either way whether it's the same incident or a different one the abuse is still there right nonetheless nonetheless and that would only be 
the beginning of numerous testimonies of abuse in their relationship. On trial, Lorena had described how she was constantly tormented, beat, and raped by her husband. And one of those scenarios, like this is probably like one of the the worst ones, throughout those early times of their marriage, she became pregnant and he had even forced her to get an abortion. That's super fucked. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. And, like, you just see her there on the stand and, like, just crippling as a person. And it's it's kind of hard to watch. But um, continuing on with the shitbaggery of their relationship. Mm-hmm. After John left the Marines in 1991, he had a hard time keeping any sort of job. And she was forced to be the main source of income for the relationship, working at a nail salon. And she even admitted that she was stealing from her employer to try to make ends meet because she was supporting trying to pay the house payments and the mortgage and all of that stuff by herself and doing that on like a nail salon budget. Yeah, that's not, (laughs) that's hard. And she also talked about shoplifting to try to buy pretty dresses so that her husband would find her attractive or be nicer to her. And to keep from cheating on her. So So that's kind of like a sign of that she was being abused. That's sad. Which, unfortunately, like a lot of people questioned at the time. Especially at this time. She stated that a lot of their arguments were due to their financial struggles. And if she questioned like where the money was going to. Because he would spend their money out drinking, going to bars, spend on whatever he wanted. And then anytime that she put that into question, he would get angry and events would ensue. The police were called on multiple occasions. And one incident in February of 1991, John pleaded guilty to assault and battery, but the charges were dismissed after they went through counseling. Then, later that year, they separated, but reconciled a year later. Of course. On June 21st of 1993, Lorena had begun the process for filing for protective order just days before this Mm. dick-ripping event. And on June 23rd, when she broke, she decided that it would be the last time that he would come home drunk and ever rape her or abuse her ever again. Yeah. Throughout the trial, and even after the fact, John denied any abuse during their marriage, and according to him, she was extremely jealous, and that she was the one that was violent towards him, and he had only struck her in efforts to protect himself, Mm. which I call bullshit. Yeah. And you'll see why later. It seems to be a uh, reoccurring trend, how he treats women. Okay. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But John stated that Lorena retaliated when he told her that he wanted to get a divorce, which would put her green card and ability to become a U.S. citizen at risk. And that's something that I also want to call bullshit on. Like, if she's supporting you mm-hmm. and you don't have a job and you can't pay for anything, like, I find it doubtful. Mm-hmm. Right. Mucho yikes <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Throughout both of their trials, it turned into what seemed to be a battle of the sexes because they did have to be trialed separately versus the state. John Wayne Bobbitt stood trial first on the rape charges against his wife, and then Lorena Bobbitt was on trial after him for her actions that night. Initially, her defense thought that it would be the best way to proceed because 
they could see how his initial trial turns out and then they would be able to see the results and like base her base her defense, off defense of, yeah. based off of his that makes sense that whole train of thought it kind of backfired on the defense though based off of like how his trial unraveled because there was that stigma of like the battle of the sexes men thought that this was acts of a lying gold digging ill-tempered senseless woman lashing out against her husband and a majority of men or even some women doubted lorena's allegations of mental physical and sexual abuse not to mention that this is all at a time when the whole entire idea of marital rape being considered a punishable crime was like coming to light or like battered women syndrome was even like a thing back right then. like you we saw with the last case with betty lou Dietz, like she they she didn't even get any sort of trial for the domestic abuse that she received like over her years and then just finally fucking cracked Mm -hmm. you know like i'm sure none of that even mattered to most of the jurors at that time during this case Mm -hmm. yeah to women this trial was a prime example of domestic violence and rallied behind lorena and you figure like how many other women are probably experiencing that same thing Mm -hmm. you know it's just finally she fucking cracked And a lot of them, I mean, at the time, they didn't have, like, a safe outlet. And if everybody was constantly being discredited by the police and nothing was happening, because she had multiple police reports that she had filed for home visits and abuse. Yeah. Yeah. That he he was going to And nothing was done. Yeah, like, that's fucked. And he had multiple threats to her, like, that he was going to kill her. And he told her that if she left him, that he would find her and rape her anytime that he wanted. And, like, a whole bunch of, like, really Mm. fucked up shit like that. That's not okay. So it's very terrifying Mm -hmm. to... And I can understand how that would start to, like, break a person down to you feel like this is your only option. Mm -hmm. I think that this trial was, like, a perfect scenario to address that right which sometimes kind of gets lost in all Mm -hmm. of the flashiness of this case uh people get lost in the details of john wayne bobbitt and like all the publicity that he got from it promoting t-shirts and a whole bunch of like fucked up weird shit so it was based around that and not necessarily like the domestic violence of it which is kind of like super fucked up back to the trial i digress Mm -hmm. don't mind me Mm mm-hmm So, in November of 1993, John went on trial for the marital sexual assault. Though Lorena had accused him of rape, at the time, Virginia law required couples to be living separately or for serious physical injuries to occur for a charge of marital rape. So, he was found not guilty. Yeah, he was found not guilty for, like, his crimes against her. So, his trial that went first. Wow. Okay. That's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. And then in January of 1994, Lorena's trial began. She had been charged with malicious wounding, which put her at risk for up to 20 years behind bars and possible deportation from the United States. During the televised proceedings, she testified that her husband had raped her, hit her. Multiple cases and scenarios were brought up throughout the trial of, like, what she had endured during that time. Mm -hmm. Her defense team argued that she had been tormented by years of abuse and driven temporarily insane, and that slicing off her husband's penis, that she had been subject to an irresistible impulse. On January 21st of 1994, 
She was found not guilty due to temporary insanity, meaning that she did not have to spend time in prison for ripping off his dick. (laughs) Following the acquittal, she was sent to a hospital for 45-day psychiatric evaluation because it was like an insanity plea. Yeah. Um, as required by Virginia state law. So after which she was released. Cool. Where are these lovebirds now? (laughs) You might ask yourself. Despite her notoriety after the trial, Lorena stayed in the Manassas area. Hmm. She became a U.S. citizen in the summer of 1994. Their divorce finalized in 1995. And while attending Northern Virginia Community College after her trial... She met David Bellinger. They have a happy relationship, and in 2005, they welcomed their daughter, Olivia, into the world. And unlike John, she rejected a $1 million offer to pose for Playboy. Mm. And to earn a living, she worked as a cosmetologist, administrative assistant, and a real estate agent. In 2007, she founded the Lorena Gallo Foundation, which was an organization to help victims of domestic violence and their children raise awareness and to help people that were basically in the same situations that she had been in. Because she talks about her experiences and how she didn't know how to seek help or shelter during her marriage. Um, You can still view the site at lorenagallofoundation.org. And all she currently has to say about it when she's asked about it, she said, I'll put myself through the jokes and everything as long as I can shine a light on domestic violence and sexual assault and marital rape. So, I mean, that's kind of enlightening because initially yeah. at first she she was kind of annoyed with how much that people joked focused about it on, and focused yeah. how they focused on the trial, that it was all about John Wayne Bobbitt and not necessarily like her injustice yeah it's nice that she's able to take all of her past abuse and experiences and like try to make it better Mm -hmm. and bring that awareness out definitely um and since we have talked a lot about domestic violence today there may be people struggling out there especially during this time where we're all quarantined in our homes So um, I did want to put out the information for the National Domestic Violence Hotline for anyone that's struggling. They're available 24-7 at 1-800-799-7233 or at thehotline.org. We'll be sharing that uh, in our show notes as well. Now, let's talk about the walking, talking shit show himself, Mm -hmm. John Wayne Bobbitt. So John, on the other hand has been married and divorced several times. In 1994, he was convicted of domestic battery against Christina Elliott, a 21-year-old former exotic dancer that he met while he was in Las Vegas on a publicity tour. Because any way that he had to capitalize on this whole entire thing, he did. Yeah, It's fucking mind-blowing. I hate this man <laughs> yeah i'm not happy that he seemed like a uh sleazebag and then out of this whole entire thing got a get rich quick scheme and that's also like an interesting like factor on it too is like the reason why a lot of people were, were so enthralled by this case and why it was publicized so much is they were an attractive like younger couple mm-hmm. that it was like easy It's easier for people to love attractive people than not attractive people, which is kind of fucked up, but it's true. It's true. But for this 
fucking completely separate yeah. domestic battery incident. Not he, shocked about that. He did actually get some jail time for it, though. Good. He uh, was sentenced to 15 days in jail. Not long enough. But, I mean, it's something. I guess. And the Justice of the Peace, uh, William Jansen, had said, Your attitude problem is caused by your drinking. So, still loves to drink and beat women. Of course. Which is terrible. Yeah. Way to be the worst, buddy. And yeah. keep on rolling with it. We're going to keep getting worse. Uh, he was charged with battery against his third wife, Joanna Farrell, um, several times. God. And was also found guilty of harassing another ex-girlfriend in 1999. So, complete... Cards aren't looking good for you, buddy. No, not good. So, like, anyone that believed that he didn't harass his first wife... I'm gonna call bullshit. I would call bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, This seems like a personality trait right here. This sounds uh, not great, buddy. Sounds like there is a routine here. Mm -hmm. There is a pattern. And to keep up with appearance, um, his ability to keep a job or, like, any sort of stability, that did not change either. Of did course. not improve. So, after appearing on WWE Monday Night Raw in 1998... Jesus Christ. He decided to move to Las Vegas. Of course. Where he worked at. Are you ready for this list? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> a bartender. A limo driver, a mover, a pizza delivery driver, a tow truck operator, and then also had a stint in serving um, at a wedding chapel as a minister. <laughs> and I saw something else as a stint as a knife thrower in a circus hmm. at some point. I'm not sure if that was during Las Vegas. I read it somewhere else, but yeah, definitely fucking all over the place. Right. And then in 1999, somewhere amongst all of the jobs and shit. Uh, he received probation for his role in a theft at a store in Las Vegas. This dude, man. Yeah, so he actually, he pled guilty to attempted grand larceny of 140000 worth of clothes. Ugh, jeez. Yeah, so. What a douche. Very uh, fucking shitty, questionable yeah. rap sheet. Since 2014, he's been living on disability after breaking his neck in a car accident. Oh, my God. And he's had on and off, like, several elective cosmetic surgeries on his junk. Uh, First in 1996 to enhance the length and thickness of his member. And then 20 years later in 2016, had gotten it reduced again. So (laughs) his dick has seen a lot of, like, surgery time. Yeah, his dick has seen a lot. (laughs) Wow. And to this day, he continues to insist he's innocent of everything. And even said before that if Lorena had just talked to him that night, (laughs) back in 1993, instead of cutting off his penis, that they would still be married with a family. Oh, I'm sure you would, buddy. Or maybe you would have killed her by beating the fuck out of her. Right. What a douche. What a fucking douche. I think it's also very telling that she's just like, she created a foundation and she's like just living a good, like, family, wholesome life. And then Mm -hmm. he's out there, like. She's like a stable human. Right. That's contributing to his society. Society, yeah. And he's just trying anything and everything that he can to make any sort of money off of this whole, my dick was cut off thing. Yeah, and just shortcuts all throughout life and, like, just not a reputable person at all. Just beating women. Now, 
obviously, Lorena, she doesn't share the same sentiment as him, rightfully so. And she said that for years she didn't have any interest in talking to him since they've divorced and the trial and the whole entire situation. But um, in 2009, they did appear together on a show called The Insider. Um, And it was the first time that they had met since their divorce. On the show, he apologized to her for the way that he treated her during their marriage. And she claimed that he still loved her because he continued to send her Valentine's Day cards and flowers. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Like, it it kind of, like, shows that you still know, like, where a person is. Yeah. And it's, like, controlling and terrifying still. Mm -hmm. I just... I just hate him with uh, all of my being, and I think he's a shitbag. Yeah. Super, super sketch, buddy. Yeah. But um, if you do want to see more, uh, like, in-person interviews uh, behind this trial and the case and everything that happened, there is a four-part series that's on Amazon Prime called Lorena. You can go check it out for yourself. But if you do want to see our pictures and good shit from this episode, you can check it out on our socials at The Creepy Burrito. And if you want to talk to The Big Burrito itself, you can send us an email at thecreepyburrito at gmail.com. You can also donate to the podcast and give a burrito its wings at buymeacoffee slash creepyburrito. I said that weird. (laughs) Creepy Creepy burrito. And do not forget to write us a sweet-ass review on whatever you're listening to us at your streaming apps. We fucking love it, and we will shout you out. We'll shout you out, even if you review us on a potato. We'll know. We will fucking know. I'll find that potato, and I'll read that sweet-ass tater tot review. <laughs> tater tot review. <laughs> I hope everyone has a loving Valentine's Day or a Galentine's Day sleigh, whatever you're into. Tis the season. Rip off them dicks. Throw them out into the wind. Fuck yeah. <laughs> throw them out into the wind. Yep. Somebody just casually walking down the street and just gets slapped in the face with a dick. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking re- Oh, wow. And, well. same creepy time same creepy channel and on that note oh my god wait side note before we (laughs) trickle away into our weird goodbyes one thing that i forgot to mention at the beginning of this case so initially they thought that she ate the dick that was, like, one oh. of the funniest things I ever thought. No. Yeah, before she called in to the police to say where she threw the penis out the window, they thought that she ate, ate it. it. They were like, yeah, once we found out that she didn't swallow the dick, I was like, why, why was would that the option? Why would you think that she I don't did? know. They thought that he was, like, forcing oral on her. And then she just bit It just bit, it bit off. off. But... Still, why would you... I don't know. I do. Wow. Wow. The 90s. Yeah, the 90s. Um, Weird time. Weird time. But I love it. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that they thought <laughs> that she had bit off his dick. Big time, yikes. So if you're hungry, just chow down on that dick, bruh. And on that note... <laughs> oh my god, on that note... <laughs> I fucking faked you out, guys. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Hurt you very much. I be mine. <laughs> I want to give you my heart. Will you eat it?
brushes. Happy little tree here. Grab your what? Brushes. Paint brushes. You're painting me the picture. Aw, happy little, happy little tree here. Yeah, happy little dick here. Oh, just, just a, a little dick. There's a little bit of weeds and forest right <laughs> off of the road here, and there's a there's a little penis, a little, little pecker. Penis. It's just a little one. A happy little pecker. A little dabble. A l- little dribble, if you will. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>